Welcome to the weekly sermon podcast for the Wilmington, Ohio Church of Christ. We pray that this message will inspire you and help you grow closer to God in your faith. Be sure to stick around after the message to find out more about how you can take your next best step. Enjoy the message. It was a cold and dark morning on January 8th, 2018. I had just woken up, I had gotten dressed, ate breakfast, and then I headed out the door for work. As I was driving into work, about three miles from my house, little did I know there was a patch of black ice waiting for me. When my tires hit the black ice, my truck began to spin out of control. And I remember thinking, you know, most people say you can see your life pass before your eyes in those moments. That was not the case for me. All I remember thinking was, God, I do not have control. The last thing I remember was going straight into a telephone pole. Everything went black. And as I started to come to, everything was really fuzzy. I remember it being kind of hard to breathe because there was so much smoke that had filled the cab of my truck. I remember someone tugging on me. There had been a man who stopped by and he helped me out of my truck and helped lay me down on the ground uh, beside the ditch line. And I remember seeing this tall man stand over me and he said, hey man, are you okay? I I didn't answer at first. Everything was still fuzzy, still trying to process what all had happened. So he said it again, hey, are you okay, man? I I started to check myself over and then I said, yeah, I, I think so. Then he said, okay, great, I got to go. So he gets in his Jeep and takes off. And I remember thinking, um, okay, thank you. <laughs> but he did get my phone out of the truck for me, and I was able to call for help. And I remember as the EMTs were checking me out, one of them said to me, man, you are really lucky. Not many people walk away from an accident like this without a single scratch on them. You know, there has been times in my life that I can point to and say, that was a near-death experience. By the grace of God, I've been able to walk away from every single one of those times without a single scar on me, any damage at all. I do, however, I have some physical scars on my body, and I normally don't like to tell the stories of how I got those, because one, I don't think they're that interesting, and two, they might be a little embarrassing. But here we go. I have a few scars on my stomach from when I was 14. My appendix decided to explode in my body. And so they they had to take me to the emergency room and they'd done an operation to remove my appendix. Now, why that sounds like a serious thing, I don't really think that's that interesting because the appendix is that one part of the body you don't need. So how cool is that? I have another scar right here on my finger from when I was in high school. We had a storm at our house, and the storm, the wind, had blown shut one of the doors in our house so hard that it shattered the glass. And being the genius that I am, I decided to go over and start messing with it. And so it cut the skin open and left me a big old gash in my hand, and so the doctor had to sew the skin back together. I have another scar right here on my arm from a few years ago at a previous job when I decided to try my hand for the first time at welding. I learned really quick that day I was not meant to be a welder. Turns out those things they weld with, they get hot. Although I do have some physical scars on my body, the scars that have hurt me the most 
are the ones that are beneath the surface. Can you relate? The scars that have hurt me the most are the ones you cannot see. They're the ones I have carried around with me for years. They are the ones that have kept me up at night. They are the ones that have weighed so heavy on my shoulders. They are the ones that I thought I knew how to handle, but then it turns out they still had control of me. Many of you may need to hear this today. Many of us carry scars on the inside that we have not properly dealt with. Many of us carry scars on the inside that we have not properly dealt with. I have a few here with me today, a few of my scars. And at first, I didn't want to talk about them, but I'm like, well, maybe I'm meant to. These are some scars that I've carried with me for years. These are some of the ones that have cut me the deepest. This one right here, this one is hurt. Now, you might be saying to yourself, okay, Jake, that's, a, that's pretty generic there. A lot of us deal with hurt. Well, yeah, you're right. Something to keep in mind with every single one of these wounds comes a story. This one for me started when I was 15 years old and I felt the call for the first time into ministry. And someone that I was close to and someone that I looked up to spiritually told me that I would never have what it takes. And so those words I have carried around with me for years. In this wound, I have let affect too many times my decision to run away from my calling. I have another one here. This one here is self-worth. I have, I used to have a bad habit, sometimes I still do, of listening to the devil's opinion on my life. I used to listen to him all the time say, you're not good enough, you'll never amount to what God has called you to be, there's always someone better than you. And you see, with this, with this wound where I felt like someone else has hurt me, someone else has cut me, this wound here was self-inflicted. And this one right here, this is anger. There's someone in my life that I care about that because of their words, because of their actions, how they constantly cut people down, I get so distracted by that that I couldn't even recognize just how much anger I had built up in my heart towards them. You see, many of us in our life, we carry wounds just like this. You might be saying to yourself, Jacob, if you could only see into my life, if you could only see the scars in my life, the wounds I have dealt with, they would stack up so much higher than yours right there. You see, but I used to think I knew how to properly deal with these. I would use these to build a nice little stone wall around my heart to keep myself from ever being hurt again. I used to think that I had to carry the memory of these so that I would never be put in that position again. And I know I'm not the only one who does this. But you see, no matter what kind of wounds you might have, all of our wounds are either caused by someone else or they are self-inflicted. But how you choose to treat those wounds is up to you. Church, we are starting a brand new series today called Scars. I am so excited for this series because we felt the Holy Spirit pressing on us in this subject several months ago. And we have been studying for the past few months, and I have seen the Holy Spirit's hand guiding our studies 
from back then all the way to where we are now. And I believe that the Holy Spirit is ready to set some people free and ready to do some healing within our church. And so today, I get the pleasure of just kicking us off. You know, a lot of our series that we do, a lot of our messages that we preach, they can act as a standalone message, whether they're a part of a series or not. As in, hey, here is the text for today. Here's what God's trying to show us. Here's how you can apply it to your life. Let's pray, and it all wraps up that week. But this is not one of those messages. This message is called Scars, and it spreads for six weeks. This is a six-week-long message. And today, I'm only kicking us off. I view it this way. It's like we're going to a restaurant. We're going to have a five-course meal. Course one begins next week with a powerful message that Dale is going to bring. I'm so excited for it. Today, I'm just driving us to the restaurant. I'm showing you the menu. We might even grab an appetizer or two along the way. But church, I believe that when Jesus says, who the Son sets free is free indeed, that he really means it, that he is ready to set someone free today. Amen? But I recognize that not everybody in here, now, whether you're in this room or watching online or listening to this podcast, I recognize that not everybody would say that they're a follower of Jesus, but I would say that most of us probably are. And because of that, I believe that many of us have not quite fully experienced the freedom that Jesus has come to give us. I believe that many of us have settled into this version of life where we are trying to manage our sin, trying to modify our behavior, trying to deal and treat these wounds on our own. We have settled into this half-hearted version of what Jesus has come to give us. And so over the next six weeks, we are going to be pressing in to what real freedom in Jesus looks like. And how we are going to do that is by diving into his grace. And so today, our text begins in John chapter 20. John chapter 20. You can turn there if you have your Bibles, or the scripture will be on the screen. Now, in this passage of John, what we can see is the disciples, the disciples, they have quarantined themselves away into this, to this room. They have locked the door, trying to keep the world outside. Jesus appeared to them. He showed them that he's still alive. There is a disciple that wasn't there for that meeting, though, and his name was Thomas. Does anyone remember what Thomas's nickname is? Doubting Thomas. And so that is where our text picks up. They're telling Thomas, hey, you missed him. And our text begins today in John chapter 20, starting in verse 24. Now Thomas, also known as Didymus, that is a cool nickname, one of the twelve was not with the disciples when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, we have seen the Lord. So Didymus shows up. They're like, hey, Didymus, you just missed Jesus. He's like, no, did I miss the memo? See what I did there? I really had high hopes for that pun. You all responded better than the first service did. I don't think they were awake yet. So, um, and continuing, they said, hey, we have seen the Lord. But he said to them, unless I see the nail marks. 
unless I see the nail marks in his hands and put my fingers where the nails were and I put my hand to his side, I will not believe. A week later, his disciples were in the house again and Thomas was with them. Though the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, peace be with you. Now I want to pause right here just for a moment because I feel the Holy Spirit pressing that someone needs to hear this message alone today. You might be thinking to yourself, Jacob, if you only knew the wounds I dealt with in my life, the amount of things I've did, uh, the, the, the type of scars I have dealt with, there's no way that anyone could ever show me grace. There's no way that God would ever show me love. Something you need to realize about this text, when Jesus appeared in this place, this was a room that was full of a bunch of men who have in many ways betrayed Jesus. They turned their backs and they ran this room full of doubters. Jesus, one of his closest friends, was in there, and this man denied who he was three times in a row. And so Jesus shows up, and he says, peace be with you. His first words to them, they weren't shame-filled. He didn't show up and say, how dare you? He didn't show up and say, you cowards, why did you run? No, he shows up, and his first words are, peace be be with you. No matter what you've done in your life, you need to know that we serve a gracious God. We serve a loving God. We serve a God who is willing. You might be trying to lock everything outside of your heart, trying to stay quarantined within yourself, but we serve a God who can break through the walls of your life and say, peace be with you. That's the kind of God we serve. I feel the Holy Spirit wanted someone to know that today. Picking back up in verse 27 of our text, then he said to Thomas, Thomas, put your fingers here. See my hands? Reach out your hand and put it into my side. Stop doubting and believe. Thomas said to him, my Lord and my God. This story has so many amazing aspects. First amazing aspect being that this guy who was now dead, who was dead a few days ago, he's now alive and standing in front of them. They tried to lock and keep the world outside, but he comes through the walls anyways and says, peace be with you. So the friend who was once dead, he's now in front of them. But a part about this story that has always amazed me is that on the perfect, resurrected, and glorified body of Jesus, his scars remained. Wouldn't you think that on the perfect, resurrected, glorified body of Jesus, there would be no imperfections? There would be no damage? There would be no blemish? Have you ever thought to yourself, why did God allow Jesus to keep his scars? What is he trying to teach us through that? You know, outside of being a minister here, I also work for the Port William Fire Department as a firefighter. And I'll never forget a call we had several years ago. We got a call, and all we heard was there was an accident involving teenagers. And so I got in the truck, and I was pulling out of our station. And although I cannot tell you everything that happened there that night, what I can tell you is that there's a certain feeling you get in your stomach when you hear things over the radio from the guys who get there before you. Things like additional units need it. Go ahead and begin care flight. So... We got there and we dealt with the scene, and although I cannot describe to you how the scene looked, what I can tell you is that 
Over my several years of being a firefighter, this was one of the worst. So we got there. We dealt with the scene. Then we came back. I went home, and they kind of train you. You've got to just leave everything you've seen there because you've got to be ready for the next one. So I kind of go home, forget about it. Several months later, our department is doing, we're covering the truck and tractor pulls at the fairground. Two teenagers come up to us and they said, hey, you probably don't remember us, but we were in an accident several months ago and your department responded. One of the teenagers, he pulled off his hat and he began to show us a scar that started from the middle of his skull and went all the way down the back from where his head had been split open. What do you say in those moments? I said, hey, I'm so sorry. I'll never forget how he worded this to me. He said, it's okay. Every time I reach back here and feel that scar, I'm reminded I got a second chance. I am reminded that the guy I was before that night, I'm not that same guy anymore. You see, that is what the scars of Jesus Christ are trying to teach us. Scars tell powerful stories. Scars tell powerful stories. God created the human body to heal in a very particular way. Scars were his idea. Your scars were his idea. The scars of Jesus was his idea. Your scars has the opportunity to tell powerful stories just like the scars of Jesus do. And your scars might have a lot to say, but trust me when I say that the scars of Jesus will have the most to say. It was because of the scars of Jesus that turned a doubting Thomas into a devout follower. The scars of Jesus is how he chose to prove himself to Thomas. And it is because of those scars that turned this doubting Thomas into one of the most devout followers, one of the most impactful people for the kingdom of Christ. You know, we call Thomas doubting Thomas because the world will give you a name just by one mistake you make. Amen? But Thomas was one of the most impactful people for the kingdom, and it happened because of the scars. Did you know that in Scripture, in the Gospels, we see all of these names. People give Jesus himself all of these names. But by all accounts, did you know that Thomas was the first recorded person in Scripture to refer to Jesus himself as God? That was in the last, our text we just read. He said, my Lord and my God. Thomas was the first person to refer to Jesus himself as God. Did you know that Thomas went on, by all accounts, he was the first missionary to India. He took the gospel of the resurrected Savior, his resurrected friend, to India. People there heard the gospel because of Thomas. Thomas was martyred for his devout faith in Christ. And it happened because of the story that the scars of Jesus told. The scars of Jesus, they tell the story of the sinless, perfect, spotless lamb that God called on to come to this earth to show us how to live, to show us how to love. The scars tell the story about our Savior who was taken. He was brutally beaten. He was whipped to the point his skin was just hanging off his back. 
Scars tell the story about the crown of thorns that was shoved into his skull. Scars tell the story about the nails that was pierced through his skin, nailed him to the cross. And the thing is, it wasn't just the nails that were going in. They were driving in your sin, your guilt, and your shame into the flesh of our Savior. The scars tell the story about the spear that was pierced through his side just to make sure that he was dead. The scars, and this is the hardest one, but it's the most redeeming one. The scars tell the story about a God who poured out his judgment through his son so that we wouldn't have to pay that penalty. Jesus shows up and says, here are my scars. The scars tell the story, just like it predicted in Isaiah, the prophet Isaiah. He says he was pierced for our transgression. He was crushed for our iniquity. The punishment that brought us peace was upon him. And it is by his wounds we are healed. By his wounds, the wounds where the scars now are, is by his wounds we are healed. The scars of Jesus tell us just how far God is willing to go. The scars of Jesus tell how far God's grace is willing to go just to call you his child. His grace forever marks you as his child. That's something you need to remember today. The grace of Jesus, his grace will forever mark you as his child. It is because of his grace and his forgiveness that we have the right to say we are a child of God. So you would think that because of that, the children of God would be the most gracious and the most forgiving people on this earth. But yet, how does society view us? How does the culture outside of these four walls view us? A couple weeks ago when I was preparing for this message, I started looking. Normally, I start with statistics. I am a numbers guy. So I started looking at all of these different surveys, seeing how people who are not a part of the church body to see how they view us. I went to one survey, didn't really care for what it said, so I go to the next survey, didn't like that either. I go to the next survey, no, I didn't like that. I went through eight different surveys, and they all came back saying the same thing. The people outside of our church body view the Church of Jesus Christ as the most judgmental people on the earth. That's how they view us. I even found another survey done by a college professor of a Christian college. He did a survey, and he surveyed over 100 churches in America. Over 100 churches, and he came back with the, with the, with the number that 72% of Christians who have been attending church for 10-plus years 72% of Christians will say that there is someone in their life that they have been unwilling to forgive. 72% of Christians say that there is someone that they are unwilling to forgive, and that's just the Christians who would admit it. 
I talked to Dale about this this morning when I got in. And Dale found another survey. He goes, yes, there was one done um, by someone. He knows that, that um, the, the Christian churches, the brotherhood that we are a part of, they interview churches within those. The statistic was pretty much the same. They said about 68% of Christians say there's someone in their life they are unwilling to forgive. Do we see something wrong with the picture? This bothered me so much the other week. I was telling our secretary in our office, I said, this bothered me so much, I actually left work for the day. And I'm like, okay, I just need to get out. I went to have lunch in town, and I decided to ask my waitress a question. I said, ma'am, I said, do you attend church anywhere? And she asked me, and she said, why, are you trying to invite me? I said, well, absolutely, the invitation always stands. But I said, I'm just curious if you attend church anywhere. And she went on to tell me, she said, well, I used to when I was a kid, when I was a lot younger, but I don't anymore. I said, can I ask why? She said, I didn't notice it as a kid, but as I became an adult, it became pretty evident. She goes, nothing against your church. She said, but um, Christians are some of the biggest hypocrites out there. I said, I'm sorry to hear that. She said, do you really want a good story? Check out my friend who was over there serving too. I said, oh, well, how's that? She said, when my friend was young, she went to a church here in town. She was a part of the youth group. Her junior year of high school, she got pregnant. And the church asked her not to come back. Do we see the problem? We are called on by God to be the most gracious, the most loving people on earth, and yet the world views us as the most judgmental people on earth. Gracious and judgmental, they are polar opposites, and the part that should concern us the most is that we seem to be content with staying in this state of mind. Something's got to change. And I don't say this to make us feel bad about ourselves. I don't say this to try to throw judgment out there. I'm trying to open our eyes to what Christ has really called us to be, the freedom that he has really called us to. Listen, we miss the mark all the time when we don't show grace. We miss the mark, but every time we miss the mark, God extends grace to us. But it is that same exact grace that he calls us to give other people when they miss the mark. Church, I'm going to ask us a question now, and it feels like a loaded question. If you really examine your heart, if you really examine yourself. So I want each of you to ask this to yourself. Do you find it hard to forgive others? Do you find it hard to show grace to others? Having the mindset that no, you deserve grace and no one else does. How about this question? Because this is where most surveys would say that Christians are. Do you find it hard to accept God's grace and forgiveness for your own life? That's what they say most Christians are. The reason they cannot show grace and forgiveness to people who have wronged them, to people who they think don't deserve it, is because they are unwilling to show 
grace and forgiveness to themselves. God has extended the fullness and freedom that he gives us through his grace. But a lot of times we don't get to experience that because we are unwilling to accept it for ourselves because each one of us knows the dirt, the grit, the little details in our life. And when we think and ponder on those things, it makes it harder to accept a gracious and loving God extending forgiveness to us. So I ask again, do you find it hard to accept that forgiveness for yourself? Church, over the next six weeks, this is where we're going. We are going to be diving into the grace of Jesus. We are going to be discovering things about ourselves. We are going to be taking a dive into our own lives. We're going to be figuring out where we missed the mark. We're going to discover that there is a grace to be found there when we miss the mark. But it's that same grace that Christ calls us and says that there is freedom in when we show it to someone else who missed the mark. That is where we're going over the next six weeks. This is what we are going to be diving into because church you cannot offer a forgiveness that you have never fully experienced for yourself. Let that sink in. You cannot offer a forgiveness that you have never fully experienced for yourself. We are going to be diving into this over the next several weeks throughout this message of scars. And over the next several weeks, it don't matter what your scars look like. It don't matter what kind of wounds you've been dealing with. When you pursue freedom in Christ, this is what your life will look like. Forgiven people forgive people. This is what freedom in Jesus looks like. Forgiven people forgive people. And as we study this over the next six weeks, what we are going to be looking at, we're going to be taking a dive, and we're going to see that our scars are not just wounds for us to carry. Our scars are opportunities to show grace to others. Because of the story our scars tell, we can show grace to others. And in order to do that, we are going to need to examine our lives because we need to figure out if we are really dealing with scars or are we dealing with an open wound? Scars tell stories. Open wounds fester. Scars tell stories. Open wounds fester. So as we press into the grace of Jesus over this message throughout the next six weeks, here is the road, here, here's the road we're going to be taking. We're going to use the acronym SCARS because... I really like acronyms, and I think they're cool. And so this is the roadmap for where we're going. Next week, Dale is going to bring such a powerful message. I'm so excited for it. It's a powerful message on sin. Sin means to miss the mark. Every one of us has missed the mark. But we're going to discover that when we miss the mark, God is there waiting with grace. And we're going to discover and we're going to take a look into our lives, and we are going to figure out in our lives what is not becoming of a follower of Jesus. And we're going to discover that there is grace there. The next week, we're going to look at confession. Rather than living with and suffering through our sin, we 
we will learn a better practice, one that God invites us into, that when we confess our sin, he is there waiting for us and will cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Then we're going to look at absolution. Absolution, that's when we bring it to him, God promises to forgive us, and we can rest in the fact that he forgives us of all of our unrighteousness. This is where we will experience that Jesus has fully paid for our sin. Then we'll look at restoration. This is where most of us struggle with. This is where most of us struggle at. You see, because we are going to see that not only does God pay the price for our sin, but he fully restores your relationship with him. You are still his child. Then finally, we're going to look at sanctification. After being forgiven and restored, this is the great invitation. Sanctification is the process of fully living out the freedom that can be found in Christ. This is where we're going. Church, we experience the greatest love of all time when we trust and what the scars represent. As we talk about forgiveness today, I wonder where you have been wounded. I wonder what kind of wounds you are carrying in your life. You might be looking at me and saying, Jacob, if you only knew. Some of you might be trying to lock away like the disciples did. Some of you might be trying to cover up those wounds Trying, trying to roll down your sleeve. You don't want us to see your scars. You're trying to roll down your sleeves. Your wife doesn't know about the scars you have in your life. Your husband don't know. Your kids don't know. Your friends don't know about what you've been dealing with in your life. But if I was to roll back the sleeves of your life, we would see some things. You need to understand that Christianity is not cosmetic surgery. It's not a place to come into and say, I have it all, to de- all together. Christianity is a place where you use your scars to tell the story of the grace of Jesus. Jesus came in and he said, hey, look at my wounds. Thomas, look at my scars. No, so many of us, we tried to prove God's existence through our success, but Jesus chose to prove himself through his scars. He said, look, look at the scars. There was one, there's always one, Thomas, doubting Thomas. Now, as long as we're giving nicknames, we might as well call out the other disciples in that room. There's a room full of a bunch of messed up people. They locked the door trying to keep the world outside. What locked door, Levi, scaredy cat Peter. No, we call him doubting Thomas because the world will label you by one mistake you make. We might as well call him honest Thomas. Because at least he was willing to admit that I will not believe until I touch the scars of Jesus. Jesus comes in. He says, hey, Thomas, look. See the scars. Touch the scars. See where the wounds were, Thomas. Touch where they drove the nails in to my hand. Touch. You see where they drove the nails in, in between the bones, so that way they would not crush my bones, and it would pin me to the cross longer, and I would suffer and suffocate longer. Thomas, you see where they put the nails in? They put your sin, your guilt, your shame into my hands, through my flesh, Thomas. You see where the scars are? You see where they pierced my side, Thomas? Just to make sure I was dead. 
But as we look and ponder on the scars of Jesus, as Thomas touched the scars, we need to look at what was not there. What was not there was the nails. That is what held him to the cross. Thomas, see my scars where the nails aren't there because the scars tell the story of Jesus and what the scars represent is that what held me once doesn't hold me anymore. That is the story of the scars of Jesus and that can be the story of your scars today. That you can say what held me once, what held me once doesn't hold me anymore. These things that I deal with, these wounds in my life, my anger, my worth, my hurt, they were once things that held me back. But now I can look at them. I don't have to wave these around on me. I don't have to try to cover them up from anybody. No, what held me once doesn't hold me anymore. I can proudly say that's what my scars represent and that's what yours can represent today. That you can proudly walk out of here saying I have freedom in Christ. That's what my scars represent. My scars tell the story about how far God's grace is willing to go to call me his child. That's what the scars tell us. The scars, they tell the story about my sin and the shame that once held him to the cross and no longer holds him anymore. And because of that grace, because of that forgiveness, because of the price he paid, what held me once doesn't hold me anymore. That's what your scars can represent. We hope you have enjoyed this message. If you need someone to pray with you, talk to, or maybe you just want more information about our church, be sure to fill out a connect card so we can reach out and help you take your next best step. Thanks again for joining, and we will see you back here next time.